Welcome to episode 568 of the Entertainment 2.0 podcast brought to you by the digitalmediazone.com. I'm Josh Pollard, and this is the show that puts you in control of your favorite movies, music, shows, and games. And I know what you're all thinking. Seriously, Josh, three episodes in a row without a co-host? No. In fact, after 567, I guess, episodes, I finally invited one of the smartest people I know, or at least one of the prettiest people I know onto the show. That's right. You get to hear from my wife, Jen Pollard tonight. Welcome to the show, Jen. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. So excited. This is going to be fun. People have been asking for this for years, I think. So yeah. So we're still going to do a pretty typical show, at least a typical show where we would interview somebody. Yep. You're, she's getting interviewed. She's not just a co-host tonight, folks. Um, and that's partly because she, when I asked her to be on the show, she was like, but I don't know that I have that much to say to all of your nerdy news stuff. So <laughs> it's going to be more of an, of an interview with her, but there's still news to cover. So going to dig into some of the news tonight and I'll ask Jen for her opinions. I think it'll be interesting to get her opinion on some of these things. Um, but first I would start with listener feedback and we don't have any tonight. So always the saddest when there is no listener feedback. It's true. It's true. Josh reads the listener feedback to me a lot of times and he's so excited because he got (laughs) listener feedback and people are saying nice things. So, um, just know that your listener feedback does mean a lot. So if you have something to say, send it over. Jen, do you know what the email address is for the listener feedback? I sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Entertainment20 at the digital media zone.com is the email address, or you can just go over to the website and use the contact form so that you don't have to type the incredibly long email address. Those are the things you were supposed to prep me on before we started this. No, episode. that was a test. That was a test. <laughs> I failed miserably. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the news. And the first news is about. Google TV. So this is the operating system that's on the Google TV with Chromecast. It's also on some of the other boxes that used to be Android TV. Jen, for you, this is the operating system that we use on a daily basis on our TV running on our NVIDIA Shield. You might want to remember that later in the show. So uh, this is this is Google TV on most of the Google slash Android based streamer devices out there and new version coming out soon in November and a couple of, I think, pretty cool new features coming. So the first one is they're finally going to allow the operating itself, operating system itself to have multiple user profiles up to 12. Like you got to have a lot of kids to need 12 profiles on your, on your TV. But uh, nonetheless, it'll support up to 12 different profiles. And it sounds like they're doing it in a really smart way with a lot of really great features to it. Because when Google TV first came out about a year ago, the thing that we were most excited about was that Google does a really great job of spying on you and therefore using all of that information to tell you exactly the sorts of things you might actually want to watch. So they've got the for you section that you can go over to and it just recommends shows that they think you'll like. And it tends to do a pretty good job unless you've got a very, you know, 
a bunch of people in your family that are using it that have very different taste. And then it's kind of a mess. So it's almost like when your kids watch endless amounts of YouTube mm-hmm. and your husband watches violent TV shows <laughs> and then you like Ted Lasso and Schitt's Creek and that's pretty much it. And then they try to mash it all together. Yeah. Kind of like that. It doesn't work out so great. It, it Interestingly, it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. So that's what adding profiles is going to fix. And this is the thing that, that Richard and I were saying last year when, when this came out, like, why can't we just have profiles? Like this is going to need profiles a year later. It's finally going to be getting it. So every user will have their own for you section. You'll be able to make your own watch list, uh, which you can also set up on your phone using the Google TV app on your phone. So that when you're out and about with your friends, if you're doing that yet and they make recommendations (laughs) for shows, you can add them to your watch list on your phone and then find them right on your TV when you get home. Another really important detail, logging into apps on any device, Google TV, Xbox, Roku, anything. It always sucks. You know, email addresses, passwords are terrible to input. Fortunately, you're not going to have to log in to all of your apps on every single profile. The app experience is basically shared. So everything that I've logged into on the main profile when I eventually get this and can make one for Jen and for the girls don't have to log in again. So that's going to be really, really nice for me because I would have to be the one to log in to every single streaming service on every single profile. And that would be terrible in terms of profiles. It's pretty standard stuff that you would expect. You know, every single person can have their own and they also have children's profiles that can be fully monitored by the parents Um, but we don't exactly know what that looks like yet until it actually happens next month. The other really cool thing that they're doing here is they're adding an ambient mode. It's basically a fancy screensaver, but it's Google. So it's fairly similar to like a Google home hub. And Jen, that's the thing we have on our kitchen counter. I like the thing we have at our kitchen counter. You do like the thing we have on our kitchen counter. What is it that you like the most about it when you're not actually like doing stuff with it? Well, I almost never do stuff with it. I pretty much <laughs> just cast to it. But um, there is like a photo rotation and all of the photos that are in certain categories in our Google Photos play through. And so you get baby photos of both of my children compared to now photos. So, you know, it occasionally makes me just want to weep in my kitchen. But for the most part, it's really interesting to see how they've grown and changed and how our family has grown and changed. So I would be excited to see that on my TV as well. Yeah. So now you can weep in the living room. Perfect. I love (laughs) weeping in more rooms of our house. So if if you're tired of weeping, it's not just photos. You can can also uh, change it up to give you the weather, the news, sports, although that seems kind of spoilery uh, to, to have your favorite sports team scores being displayed when you're kind of not watching. Uh, but maybe if you're just checking in on other sports teams that you kind of care about, that could be useful. Uh, and then the way this will work is that really just for the first few minutes after you've stopped watching something, it'll display one of those. And then after those first few minutes are over, it basically just goes into screensaver mode, showing the photos all the time. I think this is great. I I love this because, and Jen can back me up on this, our kids never 
ever turn the TV off. It's pretty much just always paused on a YouTube video. And now it it will at least be a screensaver of some sort. And we used to have that feature, something similar to that, on one of our old TVs, right? Yeah. When we used the media center, it was Is media that what center. It was? You're right. And I really did love that, and I have missed it since it went away. So I will be excited to have that feature back. Right. Yeah. Like that's the thing. We've we haven't had a really good photo slideshow screensaver type experience in the living room. Since we gave up on Media Center, which was a really long time ago. Jen's making a pouty face. (laughs) So that's coming out in November. It'll definitely come to the Chromecast with Google TV first. And then it should come to all of the other Google TV devices fairly soon after that. And then hopefully the NVIDIA Shield will get it very soon after that also so that we can get access to it. All right. Our other video story for. This week's episode actually comes across the pond for us. So if I'm not as up on all of the details for this, that's why, because I don't typically pay a ton of close attention to what's going on in England. But Sky TV, one of the probably the major satellite TV provider in England, is actually releasing their own televisions. Not Yeah, not just like streaming boxes or satellite boxes or anything like that. It's a TV. And there's actually a lot of cool things to this. So for one thing, it's a TV that has their app platform built in, and it's their app platform that's built around streaming. So this isn't even for their satellite service. It's just streaming stuff. So that's kind of cool, has that built in, has a bunch of other apps built in, but that also could become problematic because maybe they won't have all of the apps that you use. The other thing that's cool about this, though, is that it's got a bunch of really good speakers built in. It's basically a Dolby Atmos soundbar built into the TV. So it's a bigger, thicker TV, but it should actually sound good without having to buy an extra soundbar or extra speakers or anything like that. Um, The other benefit to that is one remote control, just one. One remote to rule them all. Exactly. Without having to like do some nerdy setup like we've got in our house with this Logitech Harmony Hub and all this craziness. It's just one that anybody can use. So I think that's that's a winner right off the bat. One, one, one box that has all of the smarts and the good speakers, and then one remote control sounds really, really good to me. That's not where the coolness ends, though. In fact, the thing that really caught my eye on this is they also have another accessory that you can buy for it, which is a camera. But if I were to show you the picture of this camera, Jen, which I'm not really going to easily be able to do right now, but if I did, I think you would recognize it because it's the Connect camera that we had with the Xbox One on top of our TV for years. Do you remember that? Um, Yeah. I don't really remember what we did with it. We pretty much just zoomed with my sister. <laughs> I feel like that's mostly what we did with that. Is that right? Yeah, in fact, that's about all anybody did with it. Okay. <laughs> um, it didn't do well when right. it came with, with the Xbox One. And eventually, Microsoft stopped forcing people to buy it along with their Xbox One. And then basically just abandoned it entirely. So the the technology was good, though. It did do a couple of cool things. Like, I remember doing Skype calls with people. And it was smart enough where, like, 
it could track you in the room and the camera would like follow you as you moved around the room, which is pretty cool. I do remember that. And that was very cool. So that's just going to be built in. Well, not built in. It's an extra accessory for this TV. And because it's based on the Kinect camera, they also partnered with Microsoft to build this whole operating system. So they're trying to do some of the same things that they were doing with the Xbox. So like it'll support some games and you can do motion controlled games with it. Like fruit ninjas, one of them. Uh, I, I think they only announced two games at, at launch, but there'll probably be more where all you're doing is like waving your arms around and stuff to play these games. But it's also going to enable watch together type features so that you can do watch parties of streaming shows with friends who are somewhere else. And most of that type of functionality that's built into apps and stuff that we get nowadays, it's really just coordinating the video so that everybody can see it and pause and all of that stuff at the same time. And then text chat, but this is video chat. It's basically like zoom. So you would have the majority of your screen would be the thing that you're watching. And then a column of video icons of all of the people that you're watching it with so that you can see each other watching it and laughing and all of that stuff. You've got a confused look on your face. I just, I'm curious how that, how that would like, I don't know how that would feel to just like watch the movie, but also watch everybody else. Like, I feel like I would be distracted by my face the whole time that I was watching this movie. Like, what is my face doing right now? Yeah. Because most people, their faces don't do the most, um, Pleasant Normal? looking things, right? <laughs> right. Like, people typically look pretty weird when they're just sitting there watching TV. Right. So, like, I'm not sure that I would want a video in my face while I was slack-jawed watching, you know, some movie. I don't know. It would be an interesting thing to experience once and see how it goes. And maybe I would love it. But I, I'm having a hard time kind of wrapping my head around the concept of how that would actually work. Right. Well, and it seems like it would introduce more zoom fatigue, you know, like we get zoom. They say that the reason we get zoom fatigue from being on zoom all day long is because you're staring at yourself most of the time, because you want to make sure that you don't look like a weirdo and that you're just like (laughs) sitting there with your mouth half open while you're watching TV. And that like, it seems like you'd be more likely to be watching yourself most of the time than the actual show that you're trying to watch. Right. And it's very distracting because you know, you're not actually seeing yourself how you actually look because you're watching yourself watch yourself, right? It's very weird. So I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like you're exactly right that you would end up watching yourself more than the movie. So, but again, I would give it a whirl. I would see how it went and maybe it would turn out to be awesome. Of course, I don't have Zoom fatigue in the same way that uh, most people do probably who are remote right now. So, um, you know, if you're a remote worker and that just sounds like torture to you, then Maybe this is not the best feature for you. Maybe not. Maybe not. And Richard hates all of these features. He doesn't want to watch anything with anybody because he doesn't want people talking while he's watching things. So that's potentially a problem. So the the TVs are, I think, available now or available very soon. Even the way that you can buy them is kind of unique for a TV. Uh, They've got a few different options, 43-inch, 55-inch, and 65-inch, all of the pretty common sizes. And you can buy them outright like a regular TV, or you can finance them essentially the way that you would with your phone. So you can pay uh, monthly 
over two years or over four years, which, you know, if you're buying the 1200 pound TV, then, you know, maybe paying for that over four years is, is nice. So, uh, some, some interesting options there for all of our friends over in England or wherever the heck else you can get sky TV. I don't even know. Maybe it's available in other, in, uh, some of the European countries. Okay. Um, I have a feeling that the gaming segment is enjoyed by Jen about as much as it is enjoyed by Richard. It is the most interesting thing I listen to every week. I'm sure it is. <laughs> so I will try and go through this quickly. And actually, there's not that much to discuss anyway. So one cool thing is that we are actually coming up on the 20th anniversary of Xbox. And that's that's hard for me to believe even. Because it makes you feel old? Well, for sure. Right. There's a lot of things lately that have been making me feel old, but yeah, that that's one of them. Although maybe not quite so much this for this because I didn't get an Xbox until the Xbox 360, and even that wasn't until it was out for a couple of years. So I think I got my 360 in 08. It was either 08 or 07. It was the same year that the Wii came out. I think I don't know. It was right around that time. So I haven't been an Xbox gamer for the full. 20 years, but definitely since whatever year that was that I got the 360. So yeah, November 15th is the 20th anniversary of the Xbox. And so of course, they're doing a couple of things to celebrate. And what they're doing is trying to get you to buy more accessories for your Xbox. So they've got a new controller coming out. The controller looks pretty sweet. So it's got a translucent black case and all of the internals of the controller are, are silver, so you can see them really well. So you would be able to see the spinny things that cause the controller to rumble, and then just all of the rest of the cool electronics inside of it. And then the back grips on, on the back of the controller are the neon green that is the, the famous Xbox color, and then also the Xbox button on the front top of the Xbox itself has that green color for the X, which is just like the original Xbox controller, how that looked. So it's a cool looking controller. Other than that, it's not really any different. It doesn't have any special features. It just looks cool. You will pay $10 extra for it to look cooler than your other one. I I think that's reasonable. So it's a $70 controller. Um, You know, if, if you got an Xbox Series X or S when they launched last year. Maybe you've been wearing your controller out and you're ready for a new one. I would certainly consider this one. I think it looks pretty awesome. The device I'm not so excited about is the the headset that they're releasing at the same time. So this is a wired headset. It is not the wireless one that I got excited about in the spring Well, I was excited about it until it launched and then my friends got it and then I stopped being excited about it because all it did was amplify the sounds of everybody else in my friend's house, making it harder to hear them, which is the opposite of what it was supposed to do. So they did release a wired headset later in the year. We didn't really talk much about it because wired headsets aren't that interesting. So this is just a cooler looking version of that wired headset. It's also got this translucent black case so that you can see the internals, which is kind of neat for a headset. And it does have some green accents. So the the tip of the boom microphone is green. And then also there there's like a, a thin ring around the ear cups that's also green. 
Again, you're going to pay a little bit extra for the design of these devices. Functionally, they're completely exactly the same as the regular versions of these devices. So both of these are $69.99, and they both will be available on November 15th, the actual 20th anniversary. But you can pre-order them now if you want either of them. Our only other story is a quick follow-up story. We had mentioned a few episodes ago that Microsoft was starting to replace some of their machines in their Xbox cloud gaming setup with Xbox Series X hardware instead of the previous generation Xbox One X hardware that, that was in their data centers. Well, they've completed that project and now every single machine that you will be using when playing via Xbox Cloud Gaming is powered by Xbox Series X hardware. That definitely means better performance, but not still not the same that you would get if you had an Xbox Series X in your living room. You're still not going to be getting 4K visuals yet, although now that it's Series X, they are delivering 1080p streaming at 60 frames per second across the board, whereas before it was only if you managed to get connected to one of those Series X devices, but you had no control over that sort of thing. Now every game that you play via cloud gaming will be on Series X hardware. I'm glad for that, and especially glad as... They're continuing to roll out cloud gaming onto more devices like the Xbox consoles, and they're planning to release smart TV apps for it soon too. So that'll be cool. I'm still really interested to know how much them using Series X hardware for their own cloud gaming servers is impacting their ability to sell Series X consoles to consumers because it's still basically impossible to buy an Xbox Series X. It's it's still even really hard to get the Series S, but the Series X for sure is basically impossible to get even a year after it's been out. And that's not changing anytime soon, as, as we talked about last week. So I hope that this isn't cutting too much into that, but I don't know how it couldn't be. All right, that's it for the news. So that means I get to grill Jen now. <laughs> I'm very nervous. <laughs> Nothing to be nervous about. This will be fun. So I have a few questions for you. Okay. And Ready. I also asked our our Twitter followers for some questions. And I, I think you've read all of them. I think I, so. Maybe I shouldn't have tagged you in, in that post, <laughs> but I did. And now you got to see all the questions. So maybe that's a good thing for you. I, it's given me a chance to reflect a little bit on my answers. So hopefully I can be succinct in my answers. As you know, that is not always my strong suit. Okay. So first question. Okay. How long have you been married to me? 17 years. Okay. Perfect. You got that one. You got that (laughs) one right. So that, that is 17 years of dealing with, and I think dealing with is the correct phrase. Um, Enjoying being enriched by. Hopefully, (laughs) but I know that that hasn't always been the case. Okay, so let's start just kind of kind of base base level set here for you know let let everybody know what it is that you actually consume with media. So we're typically talking about like uh what do what do we listen to for music? And when I say that I really mean like are are you listening to vinyl records? Are you still rocking CDs? Are you using streaming services for that? You know, uh, are you watching TV? Are you watching movies? If so, how, if you even know, um, audiobooks, maybe, are you a gamer at all? Uh, any of that sort of stuff. 
And you can take those in any order. Okay. So music, I pretty much exclusively use Spotify for music um, and for podcasts, uh, which I know kind of shrivels your soul a little bit every time I talk about podcasts on Spotify, but um, it is easier for me to have it all in one place. And all the podcasts that I want to listen to are all on Spotify. So um, I use Spotify pretty much exclusively for music and podcasts. And um, as you know, most of my music consumption falls into the polk category. So a little bit of pop <laughs> folk. Um, and uh, so that's kind of how I consume music. In terms of TV and movies, um, so TV, I pretty much watch two shows. Um, one of them is Schitt's Creek on Netflix, and one of them is Ted Lasso on Apple TV. And so those are the two services that I use for that. Um, and I watched a few episodes of The Office this year, and I'm pretty sure that is the extent of my television <laughs> viewing for 2021. In terms of movies, um, you made a astute observation the other day that I pretty much only watch movies when I'm folding laundry, which is very true. Um, or with our kids. Yes, or movies with our kids. Yeah. And um, this might be a question for later, but what I said to you the other day was pretty much I watch movies on Disney Plus because I'm a delicate soul and I do not like violence and I'm not real into um, like real deep psychological thrillers or anything like that. So um, Disney plus is really, really what I'm, what I'm going for. So um, most of my movie viewing is pretty much Disney plus and a lot of that falls into the Marvel category, which I know you have discussed extensively my Marvel (laughs) feelings on the show. Um, But that's pretty much what I do for movies. So since we've established at this point that I'm not much of a TV watcher or a movie watcher, most of my media is books. And I really love books a lot. Um, That is my primary media consumption. I read, oh, I don't know, 500 books a year. Something like that. It's I, it's crazy to me how, how you can even possibly read 500 books a year. It's a lot of books. Um, and I have been very into uh, audiobooks this year as well. So, um, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks through Audible. And um, we also do that through our local library. And I borrow a lot of books uh, through our local library. And then I also have... Um, Kindle Unlimited. So I do a lot of my reading through Kindle Unlimited. You would be amazed at the things you can get for free on Kindle Unlimited. So um, those are the primary ways, I guess, I consume media. Did I miss anything? You're not a gamer? Interestingly, no. We're not playing Xbox together every night? (laughs) No. I know that really bums you out. But no, the last game. So I play Mario Kart when I want to spend time with my family and, Mar- and mario party yes yes and i like mario party a lot better because i'm not quite as bad as <laughs> i'm so bad at mario kart although i went from normally being in 12th place to at least being in seventh usually so like so uh, i feel like i'm moving up in the that's, world that's a pretty Doing major right. improvement yeah you also used to play a lot of wee bowling and I you were did. very good at wee i was bowling. very good although do you remember i used to make a joke that i was gonna have to go to the sports medicine doctor and he'd be like how did you get this injury mrs pollard and i would be like we bowling and he'd be like no really no really like no, really, really. <laughs> so um 
luckily my rotator cuff, I think, has mostly recovered from my <laughs> wee bowling days. So I'm good. So I, I do want to follow up with a, a couple of follow-up questions there. So you talked about books. We we don't typically talk about like reading ebooks much. We do talk about audiobooks. And you mentioned Kindle Unlimited. What's Kindle Unlimited? So you pay ten dollars a month. And um, authors can uh, put their books on Kindle Unlimited, and they get a certain amount per read, per person who reads it, I mm. guess, um, on Kindle Unlimited, and you get to read it for free, or and then you just pay the $10 a month. So I would say, on average, I read five books, let's say, a month from Kindle Unlimited, um, on average. So each of those books would normally cost, I don't know, let's 15 say, bucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so just doing quick math, you know, 10 bucks a month is a pretty good deal um, for five books that would normally be $14. So if you're a reader and you really enjoy reading, um, and they have a pretty wide range of topics and books and authors, and often you find new authors through Kindle Unlimited that are really great. And almost always discount their books that way. So, um, and if you would like reading suggestions, you can look me up on Twitter. I would be happy to help you. <laughs> and we will have Jen's Twitter information in the show notes so that you can follow her. It's infrequently used, but if you ask me about books, I promise to answer. Absolutely. So, so Kindle Unlimited is Netflix for ebooks. Yes, I think, and that it's is not it. audiobooks, right? Um no, there are audiobooks. There are. There are. And magazines. So if you're a magazine oh. reader, you can also do magazine subscriptions on Kindle Unlimited uh for ten bucks a month. So wow. if I'm if I just need something distracting, sometimes I'll download a magazine because you know, those are short little articles, obviously. The, duh, it's a and magazine. It's, and it's better than Doom Scrolling Facebook. Absolutely. Yes. All right, and last follow up question. You also mentioned getting audiobooks and I think ebooks from the library. How do you do that? Okay. So I use a service called Overdrive that connects me with our local library. And so I'm able to check out books through there. So um, it's still like a normal library in that they only have a certain number of copies. So you do have to put holds and stuff. Um, but I there's a couple of podcast, book co- podcasts that I listen to um, that kind of go through and give a bunch of book recommendations. So I will spend, you know, a few minutes after that podcast going through and putting holds on all the books that they recommend. So then I always have, I don't know, five or 10 books in my to be read pile. Um, and then as they come up, I can check them out. Or if I am not quite ready for them, then I can um, have them hold it for another seven days and then I can have it again. So it works really well for me to kind of keep a backlog of books that I'm interested in reading, but not quite ready for yet. And that's how you read 500 books a year without spending a billion dollars. Correct. I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. So now that we know a little bit more about how, how you consume media and, and all of that stuff, we've, I mean, I've been doing this podcast since 09. So that's 11 years now, uh, m- more than 11 years at this point, actually. and. We've been through a lot of different technology in our living room, uh, our mobile devices, all sorts in our kitchen, like all sorts of places. What's your favorite thing that we've had in in all of that time? 
Oh, that's a really good question. I did not see this one. So I saw the opposite question. Well, this question. one is for me. No, no, okay. no. This, this is a question for me. And I'll, I'll kind of remind you of some of the things because it's obviously not something that you think about every single week like I do. So there's, of course, just our current setup using the NVIDIA Shield. Um, there's been, you know, we used an Xbox previously for things. Um, it could be back when we were on Media Center. It could be the times when we basically did everything through Plex. It could be completely different devices. It could be that short period of time when we had a Windows Media Center extender in the kitchen. That was maybe a little overboard. Um, but, you know, that's the sort of thing you do when you're me. Uh, it could be, it could, this one will really take you back. It could be the Zune player that you had, which predates all of this because that was like 06 or something like that. I had forgotten that that word existed. (laughs) That's amazing. That is way back. Um, So I actually really like the setup that we have now with the NVIDIA Shield. I enjoy it and I find that it is very easy to use. Um, But every once in a while, I do get nostalgic for the Media Center days, just in the it was such a, I mean, obviously when this podcast started, that was like the entire point of, t- of you know, this podcast. And so right. um, having, listening to you talk about it every single week, um, you know, really kind of brought home not only what great things Media Center did, but all the great support. And it was, you know, a real community. And so um, I have some nostalgia for that, but I do like the setup that we have right now. Okay. That, that that works. That works. So where, where would you say you fall on the continuum of from, from absolutely frustrating to pure bliss? <laughs> like where, where has your life fallen on that continuum? Having spent the last 17 years with a nerd who really gets into entertainment technology and that, and, and what that typically means is that I'm regularly changing things on you. So I would say it for sure swings more towards the side of pure bliss. That's <laughs> probably going a little far though. Um, I find that our media center and the ways that we consume media really work for our family in the season that we're in. And so I think that's been helpful. Um, and I, and I think I take for granted how updated all of our media consumption options are too. Um, you know, I think most people just kind of go with what they have and are stuck with what they have until they really work up the energy to do all the research to change it. And for us, it's just a constantly evolving update um, to what we previously used. And I think sometimes I don't even recognize how advanced maybe or like how forward thinking our media is until I talk to other people and they're still using, I, I don't even know what they're using, like, you know, stuff that we <laughs> right. kind of left behind or that we never used because it wasn't really functional um, to do all the things that we wanted to do. So I would say for sure it swings more towards pure bliss with a little bit of angst thrown in every <laughs> once in a while. Right. So, so- we we are what the industry would call cord cutters. We don't pay for cable anymore. Uh, we do currently have uh, Sling TV, which is a cable-like thing, but it's all streaming. But most of the time, we don't have anything like that. Um, so we've been cord cutters for, I don't know, seven-ish years now? 
a long time. Do you miss having cable TV? Not even a little bit. Now, if I watched TV more, maybe I would miss it more. Um, so, okay. So as you're saying that, I'm realizing that, you know, like we don't, so we don't get the the normal cable channels. Um, so it's no HGTV, no, I mean, so I've, I've waste access all of that stuff, I think. Do I still? Or, or at least a lot of it, because right. a lot of it has moved on to streaming services like Discovery Plus and things like that. Right. So, um, you know, those were probably, back when I watched TV more, those were the networks that I watched the most. But I don't miss it. It's one of those things that if I had it, maybe I would use it more, but I don't miss it. I don't miss not having it. So, no, I don't really miss cable. Okay, good. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> So bonus for you. (laughs) And I don't miss the bill. So, all right. So let's jump into some of the questions that we got on Twitter. Um, uh, A user just goes by EAA ask, do you listen to every episode of Entertainment (laughs) (laughs) 2.0? Okay. So here's my honest to God answer to that question. So it used to be that I that Josh recorded in the dining room, which was essentially connected to our living room. And so I would listen to his side of every episode. And so I felt like I generally had a pretty good idea of what was going on. And I did not listen often to the whole show. All the love to Richard, but I generally had a pretty good idea of what was going on. And I felt like I needed to re-listen. And then we moved. And so now when he records, he records up in the office. and. So I and I find myself missing sometimes kind of the the peek into what's happening on the show. And so sometimes not not every week, but fairly frequently I will check in and I will especially check in when I happen to be walking up the stairs and I hear you talking about me. <laughs> so and I'll be like, what do you say about me? So I almost always skip like the, the first gaming. 40 minutes, right? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, but I, I try to check in, especially now that I don't get to listen to one side of it. I do try to check in every once in a while because I like the show. I like, I genuinely like the show, and I think you guys do a great job. And I'm not just saying that because I'm married to you. And so. you mostly just want to listen to Richard. Uh, obviously. Obviously. Right. Me too. That's really the only reason I listen. <laughs> so cool. So, uh, <coughs> This this one is a question from Jeanette. She uh, she's also the the wife of of someone who's really into technology. Hi, Jeanette, and she's wonderful. I feel I feel every ounce of the question that you asked me. So she says, <laughs> "What is the most frustrating piece of technology that Josh implemented slash adopted, but that you have to use on a daily basis?" Okay, so I've been thinking about this question since I saw it, and. It is not so much a technology or like it is the constant changing. Um, And it's more, this is what I say all the time. I don't know how to watch TV at my house. Um, I don't know. I think I know right now, but I regularly find myself turning on the TV and wanting to just watch something as background noise. And I'm like, I literally don't know how to watch TV right now. I don't even, I don't know what buttons to push. I'm not even sure what button to push to turn the TV on. Um, and so that is probably the most frustrating part. And it doesn't happen. 
and again, you know, I watch TV infrequently enough that it doesn't happen a lot, but I, I say to you regularly, I just want it to work. Right. Right. <laughs> and yeah. And so frequently it doesn't just work because I'm not paying enough attention as things are changing. Well, right. So I, I think there was the, those five or six, uh, five ish years that we were on media center that, that y- you knew how to use that because it was one remote. It had a button that would turn the TV and everything else on for you. Uh, it would control all of the the sound and everything. And it was just media center. And and you were pretty good at that. Now we're on the NVIDIA Shield. We've got this Harmony Hub remote. And especially once we switched to using the Channels app for live TV, you you figured that out like super fast. So I feel like at the beginning when we were media center, you were good. Now that we're on the shield and stuff and we're using the, the Harmony Companion remote, you're pretty good now. But there was a few years in between there <laughs> where I think... Things were a little dicey. They were definitely a little dicey. In this house. Because I was changing things a lot as we were going between like the Xbox One and TiVos and like just so many different things. Yeah, it was... Um, I, I may not have made your life the easiest during those times. Well, and the, the thing is, my kids can usually show me how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Except that you can't normally sit down and watch TV until they're in bed. Right. So so you read 500 books a year instead. That's exactly right. So really, it's probably good for my reading consumption, my book consumption. But um, I mean, now I feel like I feel like whatever we're doing now is really working and is working well, I think it's doing everything you want it to do, and I know how to turn our TV on. So that's really a win-win. That's important. <laughs> that's a good start, at least. <laughs> uh, here, here's a more fun one. This, is, this one's from Anthony. He says, why does Josh like the fantasy worlds of video games, but not that of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Okay, I gave this one a lot of thought to you. Did I tell you my answer to this, or did I just... You did. Okay. Yeah. So this here is my thought is when you're playing a fantasy video game, it is an interactive experience where you are able to make decisions as the fantasy character and control your environment, even within the fantasy. When you're watching a movie, you are just watching. And so you are locked in to the choices of other people that you may or may not actually agree with or think are a good idea. And so I think having that element of control, even within a fantasy environment, is what makes fantasy video games more appealing. Is that accurate, do you think? Yeah, I think you nailed it. Yeah, because it's it, it's not that I don't like any movies that are fantastical or whatever, but I, you're right. I do tend to enjoy the ones that are a little bit more realistic more. Um, you know, things like well, although I'm sure there's a, a bunch of people listening going, really? You mean like Fast and the Furious movies? <laughs> but- <laughs> oh my gosh. I could talk for a long time about my feelings about the last Fast and the Furious movie, but... And how bad it was? It was so bad. It was almost good, but probably not quite. No, no, no not I know. Really. Nope. So, um, yeah, but like Fast and the Furious movies, I think you can even watch those and like... You know that they're not true, but they, but it's not quite like aliens, right? <laughs> well, right. And, and like there are some aspects to it that are still 
very much based in reality, like the cars. I mean, some of the cars are completely ridiculous when you're flying. Well, I no, won't. No, you can't say it. Won't say any spoilers for the most recent <laughs> one. But yeah, like most of the car stuff is is fairly realistic, and that that's the stuff that I like there. But yeah, you're you're completely right. So I can play crazy video games that are in space or whatever. Um, but because I get to control it, it is more interesting to me. I think at the end of the day, having the the location doesn't matter so much as much as having the having control of your choices within that environment. That's what's appealing to you about video games more than the actual environment itself. Right. All right. Last question. And I swear this isn't a plant. Uh, I, I did not pay John to ask this question. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know, is Josh as awesome in real life as he seems on the podcast? Without sounding ridiculously savvy. Yes. Like, he's <laughs> really great and um, and cares very deeply about this community and about the things that he talks about. And um, he is the exact same person in his real life as he is on the show. Well, thanks. And, and I, th- I think the, the few, you know, the last thing that you said there about me being the same person in real life uh, as I am on the show, I think that the few listeners that I have had the immense pleasure to meet in real life uh, would probably back you up on that. I, I really miss, and that, that's yet another, you know, like thing number 8,756 that I miss because of COVID is getting to see some of you listeners in real life because that's always a lot of fun. All right, you made it through the interview. Can I say one more thing? Sure. So I um, just wanted to say that uh, just on behalf of myself, and I think my kids, and I know Josh for sure, that we just really value this community a lot. Um, And I was actually thinking about COVID and how this show has continued during COVID and that that has been a kind of like a steady place through the pandemic, um, where there were not a whole lot of steady places. And so I think um, seeing this community, I see I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> but see, you know, um, still there's no be- crying on anything. I know, only in the kitchen, <laughs> <laughs> only weeping in the kitchen. Um, seeing, you know, getting to hear about uh, entertainment technology in the middle of a stupid pandemic was a really nice break from all of the other stuff that happened. So I'm glad that the show continued through there. I'm glad that the community continued to show up. Um, you know, we, we talk often um, in our family, and I know Josh and Richard, about how much this community is awesome and um, how it's grown and how it's changed, but how it continues to invest in the show. So we're really grateful. And I'm speaking for myself and my kids someday, probably when they listen to the show when they're adults. But we're grateful for the community and how you guys keep showing up. And um, I'm grateful for the way that you support Josh and Richard, because I know that that means a lot to them yeah. and to me. It's it's the reason we do this, for sure. It's, it's not like we're getting rich on Entertainment 2.0. <laughs> Jen can attest to that. Okay, so let, let's get You're into- You're getting rich in love and support. Yes. Just not in money. Okay, right. <laughs> so let's move on to what's going on in our entertainment centers. And uh, weirdly, it's kind of the, the same. We've got two different people talking about what's going on in our entertainment centers, but we share an entertainment <laughs> center. So uh, I think I'm going to 
toss it to you first. So what what have you been watching, reading, listening to, whatever? Um, okay. So I and, asked Josh and real quick yeah. reminder. I know, no spoilers. No spoilers. Oh, it's so we have hard. A very firm, strict no spoiler rule. I know. It's really heartbreaking. I asked Josh if I could wax poetic about Ted Lasso and he said yes. So just give me like three hours and the podcast <laughs> will be over. So we finished season two of Ted Lasso. Um, I have some real strong feelings about it that I'm not allowed to discuss. Um, but I will say that the thing that I appreciate about that show is that it brought a lot of lightheartedness in a season that God knows needs a lot of lightheartedness. And I also think um, it did a really great job of showing positive relationships and friendships at a time where we just really need that modeled, I think, a little bit better. Um, so love that show so much. And I feel just I feel grateful, truly, that people kept recommending it and that we finally decided to watch it. So and, and it's really Richard. Like Richard was the one that kept pushing me to watch it. Well, so. thank you, Richard, because it has really it's been a real bright spot in 2021. Yeah, for sure. Um, so can I ask you a couple of like non-spoiler yeah. questions about oh, it? Please ask me all the time. I know questions. like you really would talk the next three hours about Ted Lasso, <laughs> but that's not happening. So which was your favorite season between one and two? Which one did you like the most? I actually think I liked season one better. I think that's the common opinion. Yeah. Not that season two was bad, but it was just season two felt emotionally simple in a lot of ways. And season two felt more emotionally complicated because they're actual real people in season two. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think I liked season two more because, because of some of that, of that emotional mm-hmm. complexity. Yeah. And and getting to know and like more of the characters more. I mean, I really want to be Roy Kent. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Roy, the other day, <laughs> the other day, I literally said to myself in a situation, what would Roy Kent do, but with less swearing? <laughs> <laughs> right right and then i did that thing and it worked out really well so. yeah all right last question about ted lasso okay. do you want them to make a third season i do because i feel like there are some storylines in the end of season two that i really want wrapped up but like with the understanding that i want them wrapped up neatly in a bow with like happily ever after stamped on top like i don't want any of this like strings dangling and i know i'm not gonna get that nope. which makes which really disappoints me but it's fun so that's what i got for ted lasso you've been watching anything else lately last um, week or so i'm always kind of in a rewatch of Shit's creek uh because i love that <laughs> show so much and really it's just this is another opportunity for me to just talk about a show that i love um so i'm constantly in a rewatch of Shit's creek and i am I'm sort of like in I don't know, middle of season two, I think this time and watching the characters at the beginning of Schitt's Creek to and who they become at the end of Schitt's Creek. I could talk about it and for hours because it's just so good. Those character arcs are fantastic. That's what I got. You know, if we had planned this a little bit better, we could have just done an entire episode about Schitt's Creek. No, but we could have watched Black Widow. Oh, we should have talked about that. on the Yeah. Show. Yeah. Whoops. Wait, well, just you can have me on for just a Black Widow. Let's just hit pause. We'll go watch Black Widow right now at, <laughs> right. at ten o'clock at night. It's great, Perfect. and then we'll we'll finish recording this around midnight. Good plan. It's a great idea. No, I don't think we're gonna do that. 
Cool. All right. Well, for me, also Ted Lasso and a little bit of gaming. I think just Call of Duty. Yeah. Uh, just Call of Duty over the last week. Did not get a chance to play It Takes Two uh, with Joe. Uh, really, really want to get back to that because it is so, so fun. So hopefully we'll get back to that one this weekend. Uh, also, Back for Blood is out officially this week, and that's on Game Pass. So I am positive that one of the nights over the next week, we will be playing Back for Blood. Uh, that The demo was fun. I think we're going to enjoy the full game once that is fully available. And other than that, that's pretty much it for me, too. So, can I talk really quick? You asked about books too. Sure. Can I just plug one book that yeah. I finished not too long ago? But I think it's okay to talk about it because I'm not on the show every week. <laughs> um, the my favorite book that I've read so far this year is called The Invisible Life of Addie Larue. It is just exquisite and wonderful, and I love it so much. And it's about um a girl who no one can remember. That was a consequence of some poor choices. And so it's been, I think, thousands, definitely hundreds, but possibly thousands of years where no one can remember her when she walks out of a room. And it is heartbreaking and wonderful and beautiful, and I love it so much. So if you're looking for a good book recommendation, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab is fantastic. Nice. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting premise right there for sure. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show tonight. If you want to get a hold of us, Richard is at Richard Gunther. I'm at Josh Pollard. Jen is at Pollard underscore Jen. So you can kind of just reverse ours there and add an underscore. And you've pretty much got it figured out. The website is at DigiMediaZone. All of the rest of our contact information is available in the show notes over at the DigitalMediaZone.com. That's also where you can go to find the live stream of the show when we record it live. I know that some of you are a little disappointed that there wasn't a live recording of this or maybe even a YouTube video of it. But guys, it's Jen's first time on a podcast ever. I wasn't going to make her do it on camera. Nobody wants to see me do this for the first time on camera. (laughs) (laughs) You did an excellent job. It would have been fine, but it also would have been kind of hard to get it all set up. So, uh, but for future episodes, we do typically record them live on Twitch. It's typically Tuesday nights at 8 30 PM Eastern, but follow us on Twitter to know for sure when we will be going live because we always tweet about it. All right. Thank you, Jen, for joining me tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. So we'll do this again in like 563 more episodes, Something right? like that. Okay, yeah, awesome, yeah. good. So, I don't know, roughly 2030? Perfect, Sound good sounds for good, you? awesome. Okay, cool. Yep, I'll pencil it in. Perfect. All right, well, that's going to do it for episode 568. She's Jen Pollard, and I'm Josh Pollard. Thanks for listening to Entertainment 2.0. Adios.